Welcome to the Restore Church Sermons podcast. We're so glad you joined us here today. We hope that through this message, you are encouraged, challenged, and strengthened. If you want to know more about Jesus, Restore Church, or have any questions, please head to restorechurch.com.au. Bye, Nat. Thank you for that. Uh, Good morning, church. How are we? Good, 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 good. Um, This weather has been nuts. Has anyone else thought that? It's like... Day one, I'm sweating. The next day, I'm like wearing all my winter clothes, and then I don't even know what to do anymore. It's crazy. Um, but I'm privileged to be speaking this morning. Thanks for, for joining us. Um, we've been going through this series, What Is God Like? And we've been um, just looking at, at that, asking that question and, and asking who God is. Um, I think this is a great series because so often, you know, what, what we think of God will determine how we actually live and how we behave. Um, our belief of who God actually is. If you think God is a mean God, you're going to act a lot different than someone who knows that God is a loving God. If you think God is a controlling God, you're going to act a lot different than uh, someone who thinks that God has given you free will. Um, And so what we think about God determines a lot about the way that we live. And so we've been going through that. Um, We've been focusing on, on what Scripture says, and especially the personhood of Jesus as He is definitely our, our example of what God is like. That's who God chose to reveal Himself to us through. So today I get to talk about that, um, which I'm, I'm excited about. And I kind of want to follow on a little bit from last week. Who heard Adrian's message last week? Um, it was awesome. Um, and it was really good and, and really simple in a lot of ways, but, but challenging. Sometimes the most simple things are the most challenging things. And so I kind of want to carry on from that a little bit. Um, I don't want to move too drastically into the next thing. I think sometimes we just need to sit on something for a little bit longer, yeah? So, um, so we're going to do that a little bit today. So today my title is, it's not on the screen because I didn't send it to Caitlin because um, I'm lazy. No, because I was a bit slack this week. Um, so, but my title this morning is, What is God Like? He is a living person. He is a living person. You know, a lot of people think that, uh, that God doesn't exist. So if you ask them, what is God like? They would say, well, he's non-existent. Um, some people think that God is like a, a force, like a supernatural force of some kind. Or some people would refer to him as like the universe. You know, if you put things out into the universe, they'll come back to you. And God's kind of like just this like energy. Um, some people think that God is just a figment of your imagination or he's just something that helps other people get through life. Um, but, but God is actually a real living person. And, um, and I think that's incredible. And that actually can change so much of the way that you live your life when, when we actually remember that. Um, so this morning, I just want to pray uh, before we get into this. I'm feeling a bit like scatterbrained. Does anyone else feel scatterbrained today? It's just me. I'm like, blah, blah, blah. So before I do that for, you know, 20 minutes of just blah, 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 let's um, pray that it'll come out, that it'll be clarity and that God speaks to you this morning. Jesus, we thank you for Every person in this room, we thank you for every person joining us online. We thank you for what you're doing in our church. We thank you for what you're doing in us. God, we want to hear from you this morning. We don't need to hear what I've got to say, Jesus. We want to hear what you've got to say. We want you to speak to our hearts. God, I just pray for clarity this morning, that your words would remain. Jesus, that you would, um, yeah, just bring such, such a clear word and, and such a conviction to our hearts, Jesus. Would you challenge us and encourage us? We love you, Jesus. Amen. Amen. So God is a living person. You may think if you're here today, you're like, well, that's pretty obvious. I know that God is a living person. But I know that for me, sometimes, you know, I know that, but often my behavior doesn't actually reflect 
what I, what I believe. Sometimes if you looked at my life, you would say that maybe I don't always believe that. Um, sometimes I think I treat God like he's Google. Um, if in, you know, all knowing, all seeing, all powerful, omnipresent Google. Um, but he's not, not the fact that he's tracking my every move. That's another conversation. But more that, you know, when I go into the search bar, I, I want to know something. And so I can often do that with God. I'll put in my request. This is what I want. And then I don't get the result that I want, or I don't hear back as quickly as I want. You know, Google's so fast, it gives it to you instantly. But when we go to God, it's not instant like that. And so I get frustrated. I'm like, come on, I've, I've put it in, I've said what I want, and then I'm not getting anything, right? Or, you know, Google is actually so smart these days, it'll tell you what you want to hear. So if you ask it about a political question, it kind of knows what you already believe and will give you results based on your, or your bias already. But God's not like that. God will often tell me what I don't want to hear. And, uh, and I think that's awesome, but sometimes I treat him like he is Google and I expect things from him instantly. Sometimes I treat God like a vending machine, right? That if I put in good things, I put things in that blessings will pop out. That, you know, if I, I, I want a bag of chips, I put in a few coins and I get a bag of chips. But I think that if I do that with God, that if I put in good actions and I, and I serve people or I read my Bible, if I pray, then my life is going to be blessed, right? Automatically, that nothing bad will happen. God is, this, He's up there to make my life better and He's up there to make sure I'm a happy man. But God is, it's not always the way it works. Um, God definitely wants better for my life, but often it's not in the way that I'm expected, Right. And so uh, sometimes I can treat him like that and I get blindsided when bad stuff happens because I'm like, I've been a good person. Like, what's going on? Anyone else relate to that? Good, that's good, not just me. Sometimes I treat God like he's a help desk robot. Um, you know how you sometimes call up on the phone and you just want to talk to a person, but you get this robot. And so I'll treat the robot a lot more disrespectfully than I would treat a real human, right? If they ask a question, yes or no, I'm like, yes. No, and I'm like so mean because it's just a robot. I don't care. I feel like I can be mean to it. And then a person gets on and I'm like, oh, hi, hi, how are you doing? How's your day? Um, it's going to be bad the day when I don't realize it's a real person and I'm just absolutely harassing this person. Anyway, but sometimes I treat God like that mostly just because when I'm praying, I can just start rattling off prayers and forget that I'm actually talking to a living person on the other end. That when I'm praying, it's actually a conversation. That it's not just he's on the other end as this like, automatic message just listening to what I have to say and it'll get filed away somewhere but he's there's actually someone listening to the conversation on the other end when I talk to him and I often forget that how many times have you just prayed in autopilot mode you just jump straight in babble off a few things and get on with your day and forget that man there's a God a God who created the universe the God who parted the seas the God who who's raised people from the dead like this incredible being this incredible person and he's he's sitting there listening to what I have to say that's insane so maybe you could think of some other ways that you treat God like he's like he's not a real person just in your day to day we're going to get into that a little bit but we've been doing this for a long 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 time um back in back in the Israelite days they were they'd run away from Egypt they'd gotten out of Egypt God helped them escape right and they're in the wilderness they're with Moses and Moses goes up to the mountain and he's meeting with God and the people basically get tired of waiting for Moses. And so they say, like, we don't know where this guy's gotten to. Let's just make our own God. And so they make this gold calf and they start worshiping this golden calf. And God tells Moses, Moses, you've got to get back there. These people, you've been gone like a little bit and these guys have already gone way off the rails. So Moses goes back and, and he has to kind of instruct them back on the path again. But I think, you know, it's so easy to, to look at that and to judge that. You know, in Psalms, I was reading through Psalms this week, and this verse stood out to me. It's talking exactly about that. He said, 
talking about the Israelites, it said they traded their glorious God for a statue of a grass-eating bull. I love the way that that sums it up. They traded glorious God for a statue of a grass-eating bull. Like out of all the things, all the animals they could have chosen, they chose a cow. Like I used to live on property and we used to work with cattle and they're just dumb and they smell bad. And it's like, it's not an incredible animal. It's just boring to look at. And it's like out of all the animals they wanted to worship, they chose a cow. Anyway, I think that's stupid. But, but they would rather worship, not even a real cow, they would rather worship a statue of a cow than actually worship the living God. And that's crazy. And we think, how could you get that far? But, but so often, I don't know about you, but we could do the same thing. That sometimes we will create our own version of God, our own image of God, and we would rather worship that than actually interact and have a relationship with a real living God. That's what religion is. That's the difference between religion and relationship. Religion is actually a lot easier than relationship. Religion is, is something that is predictable, something that you know what you're going to get. There's rules that you can abide by. And if you just tick these boxes, good things will happen. You tick these boxes, you're safe. You get into heaven, whatever it is. Religion is easy and it's a bit of a cop-out. But relationship is hard because you don't always know what there's going to be. There's risk, there's danger, there's, there's unknown. There's all of this stuff that, that happens with a real person. And so sometimes that's harder than actually just you know, obeying a bunch of rules. So for the Israelites, it was easier just worshiping a cow, but they knew what they were going to get. They knew they could see it all. It fit into their, their little minds. But actually interacting with the living God was way harder. And so they couldn't be bothered doing that anymore. God is, is constant. There is so much of him that remains the same. The Bible says that he is the same yesterday, today, and tomorrow, and forever, right? And God's nature is constant, but often God's method is not constant. Often the way that he does things is drastically different from person to person, from experience to experience. If you look at Jesus in the Bible, you'll see that, that he very rarely does the same miracle twice and in the same way. He'll have blind people and he'll heal them in three different ways. One of the guys, he just decides to spit on his face and that heals him. It's like, that's amazing. I wish that God would speak to me like that. Just like hear this voice, spit on this person. Like, okay, that'd be fun. But I've never had that before, so... Um, but he's like, you know, there's all these different ways that Jesus heals people, and it's never the same. If you look in the Old Testament, the way that God gets people to obey him, you know, with Moses, it's these miracles, but it's always done in kind of odd, strange, really random-seeming ways. You know, he has to strike a rock with a stick, and water comes out. He has to do all this stuff, and, and it, but it works because God isn't always doing the same thing. You know, that often his method is different, and that requires faith. That requires listening. That requires engagement on our part. If it was always the same, if you knew that you could just do A, B, and C and you'd get a miracle, we would forget about God. We wouldn't worry about interacting with Him, right? We would just be like, this is the formula. I don't even need God anymore. I've got my answer, and we would just do that. And so I think so often we can, I can fall into those patterns, and I know that we can fall into those patterns. Maybe not in those extreme examples, right? I don't think there's anyone here that is maybe, um, you know, purposely not wanting to worship God. I think most of us here really want to seek the true and living God, but so often we can fall into these bad habits um, without thinking about it. Life is found in intimacy with the Holy Spirit. That's, that's where you actually find that following Jesus gets exciting. It's not in the, the, the rules, not in following all of that stuff, but in actually interacting and, and having intimacy with, with God. That's where it comes alive. It's funny, I've, I've been amazed at how much that I can do as a, as a pastor without God. 
You know, you would think out of all the people, out of all the jobs that you have, the pastor should be the one who's like in the presence of God every day, right? But I'm not. And so often I can, I can go through hours, days, weeks, just doing stuff for God, but not once have I actually interacted with Him and brought Him into what I'm doing. Like I can, I can preach a message and haven't even asked God about it. I haven't even prayed. I haven't even sought Him. I haven't even anything. It's just all wisdom that I've had from somewhere or experience or whatever. That's crazy, right? That, that we can do that in, in all sorts of ways where we're actually not bringing God into our life. We're just doing stuff for Him, right? And so reading your Bible is so good. It is, it's crucial. Praying and seeking God's face is so good, but, but the key is intimacy. If, if we're not bringing God into these things, if we're not doing life with Him and alongside Him and in His presence, then it can just be wasted, just wasted effort, wasted energy. It's, it's religion. It's just acts. We need to have that intimacy with Him in the middle of it. Does that make sense? Well, that's good. I love how like Adrian prayed last week, uh, prayed, preached last week as he was praying and he was kind of going through this prayer that was helpful for a time, but, but then he realized that he actually just had to stop and just come to God honestly and simply. I love that. When we pray just to come simply and honestly before God and talk to Him. And for Adrian, God met him in that moment where he just kind of put everything aside and just talked to God, just met with God. I love that. That encouraged me so much. That challenged me. Now, I've got an analogy here this morning that may or may not work. I don't know. Never seem to know until we, we're going to get through it. But my analogy is this. Okay, so uh, how many husbands in the room? That's good. Nathan's not putting up his hand. That's marriage on the rocks. Um, okay. <laughs> <laughs> so husbands, when you, uh, let's say you want some extracurricular activity, uh, maybe at the end of an evening, um, some of you still blank faces, let's say you want to have sex with your wife, okay, that's as straight as I can put it, um, and so, you know, what are some of the things that you have to do if you want to set the mood, right? You can't just come home and be like, all right, let's go, she's not going to be as keen as you are, so what are some of the things you can do to set the mood? I'll, I'll kick you off. Okay, so number one, if you have kids, kids to bed, okay? Definitely kids need to be asleep. Um, doesn't work that well when the kids aren't asleep. And that's what TV is for, but it doesn't always work. Um, so putting the kids to sleep, good, good number one. Uh, number two, I would recommend cleaning the kitchen or doing the dishes or making sure the house is tidy. Um, if your wife's anything like my wife, she can't relax until at least the house is in a good state of order, right? So you can do that. Um, what are some other things you can do, gentlemen, to set the mood? Let's keep it PG, please, okay? Turf the telly off. Good one, Mark. That's good. Yep, nothing good on TV. That's always a good mood setter. Um, what else? Come on, guys. You've got to help out the young guys who aren't married yet. They need to know this stuff. Old guys who are well experienced. You've got, surely got some tips for the young guys, young marrieds. Flowers and red wine. Okay, that's, I'm liking that. That's sounding good. Um, I'm not going to do that every time, but that's, that's a good one. That'll definitely work. Um, lighting a candle can work, like set like a nice smell, not like a man candle with the smell of bacon or something, but like a, like a woman's candle, like serenity, I don't know what they're called, right, something like that. Um, what else, what can help, gentlemen? Don't argue about things, that's a good idea, wait till after the, okay, yeah, um, that's a good, so I'm here, so okay, so the kitchen is clean, the kids are asleep, the candles are lit, maybe some music, maybe some Barry White or some Marvin Gaye, right, some wow, 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 okay, a bit of that happening can maybe set the mood, we've got red wine, we've got roses, is this working, ladies? 
Some of them are like, ah, I don't want to give in too early, right? <laughs> right? And so there's certain things you could do to help kind of set the mood, right? And then hopefully uh, then you can pop the question or however it works and, 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 and things happen, right? But um, women, if you need to set the mood for your husband, what do you have to do? Just say, hey, you, you want to, yes, let's go, right? <laughs> or you just come out wearing just your underwear and the men's like, that's it, we're gone, let's go, right? But if I come out in my underwear, it does not work, right? Hannah's like, get some clothes on, what's wrong with you? Um, right, so we're so different. But isn't it funny, like, so, so you can do all of these things, you can buy the red wine, you can set the flowers, but if you did that every single night, would that work, women? No, it wouldn't work. And, and it, it's funny that... <laughs> you can, there's certain things we can do that can help, but it's not a formula, right? There's no set way to make sure it's going to happen every time, right? Because, because why? Because they like to keep us, because they're human beings, because they're not a robot that you can program to do a certain thing for you. That's sounding weird, but you can, um, they're a human being that has likes and interests and there's so much mystery when it comes to women especially, right? Women don't even understand women, let alone men understanding women. Um, I think men are usually pretty simple creatures. But, but even on that level, right, it's not, even with a man, there are certain nights where he might not be in the mood, even though you might think, what? No, no way. But that does happen, right? And so I think we're, we're human beings and we're so different. And there's not always these formulas that work with us as human beings. But why do we expect the same thing when it comes to God? We expect that with Him, we can do A, B, and C, and we're going to get a result. God is like so much more complex than I am. God is so much more complex than my wife is. He is a real living being that, that wants to interact with us, and He wants to meet with us, and not just have us do things for Him, but He wants to engage with us. Does that make sense? Or is that just like, you're like, that doesn't even connect for me, but hopefully that makes sense. I think so often I, I, I fall into these patterns and these formulas. And I know that in prayer, that it can be like that. I think that, you know, um, I, can, I can so forget that prayer is about connecting with God. And so I, instead of going in with that intention, like, okay, I'm here to engage with God. I'm here to connect with God. I go into prayer almost with, okay, I'm here because I need X, Y, Z. I need this thing. And that's why I enter into prayer. And so I'm like, okay, well, I better say sorry for some stuff. I better praise God a little bit. And then I'll ask for this thing. And then hopefully that works. Right, but there's actually nothing in my in my mind, nothing in my spirit that is saying I actually want to connect with God right now. It's like I'm coming into prayer because I want something from Him, and so I can fall into these formulas when it comes to that. I know that in my actions I can fall into formulas and patterns. That if I, you know, if I wake up and I do a good job with the kids and I serve people, and if I um, maybe read my Bible and if I do all these things, then then you know I must be being a good Christian. I must be doing a good job. But I could do all of that without meeting with God. And that's such a privilege that we have, that we actually have the ability to meet with God. Imagine if we had to do life without that, if we just had to do a bunch of rules and follow a bunch of rules and just, just live our lives for Him and just trying to make sure He was happy and please Him and give sacrifices and all of this stuff just to appease this God who we have no connection with. But we don't have that. We have the opposite, that we actually get to talk one-on-one -on -one individually with God. We get to meet with Him and hear what He has to say. We get to share with Him honestly what's on our hearts. We don't have to hide things from Him. We don't have to be all fixed up before we come to Him. That we can meet Him right where we're at and we can talk with God and He hears us. 
and he meets with us and he, he is excited for that. We can live our life and bring him into our day-to-day stuff. He, nothing is too mundane for him. I can talk to him when I'm finding a parking place. I can mow the lawn and bring him into that. I can meet with people and bring him into those meetings. God wants to be there in every aspect of my life. And I can enter into a relationship with him instead of doing stuff for him. I hope that's making sense for you this morning. God is a living person and he wants to meet with you today. We're going to come into a time of communion. So if the, if the band wants to come up, that'd be great. But this morning or, or this week, I guess that's my challenge. It's kind of a follow on from Adrian, just to come simply and honestly before God this week and, and meet with him. And to, to actually stop and think about who it is you're praying to. To stop and actually think about there is actually a God, there's a person on the other end of this who is listening as I speak. That I'm not talking to a brick wall, I'm not talking to nothingness. I'm actually talking to someone who's listening. And to remember that this is a conversation that God actually wants to speak back and He wants you to hear what He has to say. It's amazing that I can talk to God and I can talk for like 10 minutes straight and then God will say like two words back to me and I'm just broken, right? I have to use a lot of language. But God's like, speaks straight to the core of the issue and it'll be enough for me for weeks. That'll be incredible. God wants to do that for you this week. God wants to do that with you today. God wants to meet with you. He wants to speak with you. And maybe you're here today and you feel like, you know, I don't actually know where to begin with this. I don't know how to connect with God. It just requires faith. It requires coming to Him honestly. And you can even say, God, I don't even know if you're listening to this. I don't even know how you'll speak to me, but I'm here because I want to hear from you. The Bible says in James that if we draw near to God, He will draw near to us. And that's all it takes. Sometimes it's just this step of faith. Like, okay, I'm just gonna go. I'm going to enter in. I'm gonna draw near to him. I don't even know what that's gonna look like. But I'm gonna start taking some steps because I wanna meet with God. And I guarantee you, God will meet with you. He wants to meet with you more than you wanna meet with him. He's, he's so keen to meet with you. The Bible says that he stands at the door and knocks. And if anyone hears him, they will open the door and let him in. He's not, he's not on the other side of the door and you're knocking and he's just like, hurry, I want to see you knock a little bit louder, right? He's not making you work for it. He's waiting to get into your life. He's so excited to meet with you. And so even if you're not feeling it, even if you're not feeling like there's someone listening, that you can actually start taking those steps of faith and just trust that what God says is true and He will reveal Himself to you. In those quiet moments, those moments where we get real and where we get honest and where we actually allow ourselves to get desperate enough that we want to hear from Him, where we're not rushed, where we're not so busy that we can give God a couple minutes and we're just ready to do the next thing straight away, but we give Him the time it deserves to meet with Him. I found that, that so often that prayer time, I feel like to, re- to receive God's presence, it's almost more like honey than it is like, oil, right? It's like, it takes time. It's kind of slow and it descends and it kind of covers your whole body instead of just like this fast, like a quick, quick douse of water and then you're back in your day, right? That it takes time just to kind of get in the presence of God and to allow Him to soak your life and then go from that place, that place where you're in the presence of God and, and live out of that place. 
So often I feel like I, I, I am in the presence of God and I'm close and I know that He's here because I've spent that time engaging with Him. And then it's easy from then on to kind of work out what's pulling me away and what's not. I can be watching a movie or watching TV or something. And after a while, I'm like, you know what? I feel like this is actually pulling me out of God's presence. So I'm just going to stop for a bit. Like, it's more important for me to stay in the presence of God than it is just to get distracted by things. Allow God to speak to you this week. Allow God to speak to you today. As we take communion today, remember who Jesus is and that He is, he is sitting here this morning, listening and ready to engage with you that we can thank God for what He did, that Jesus died on the cross so that we could have life, that He rose again, that we can have that same resurrection power within us. As we take communion this morning in your own time, would you just engage with God and welcome Him in and meet with God this morning? Awesome. Bless you, church. Communion is at the sides in your own time.